Hello, Adam's Word family. This is Michael Call, and I am thrilled and delighted with the opportunity to be here with one of the two masters of this entire <laughs> podcast idea with our Ward family, uh, Brother Cameron Harvey. He and Leslie have been uh, in charge of all of this, and it's been a wonderful thing. And so I'm, I'm uh, delighted with the opportunity to be here with you tonight. Um, would you please, before you start telling us about yourself, uh, help us understand a little bit of the background behind why you and Leslie felt to start all of this? Sure. Um, it's a little odd being on the other side of this now. <laughs> Good. I'm getting used to asking the questions, but I, I feel for all of you that are nervous about being recorded and um, having things to say. So this will be good for me and it'll be fun. Um, I wish I could take all the credit for this, but it was actually a podcast that I had listened to um, that basically said your award needs a podcast and this is how to do it and this is what you need and this is why you need to do it. And I thought, that's a good idea. Somebody should do that. And so that's, that's all that happened. And two weeks later, I thought, well, nobody's going to do it unless I do it. And so I had to get in contact with the bishop and let him know, hey, I listened to this and uh, can we do it in our ward? Is it an option? And he said, yeah, sure, go for it. <laughs> Probably not thinking that I, I would actually go for it at that time. Um, and so I started to kind of download some of the uh, the apps and, and investigated a little bit more and um, we did some little trial runs here and there just to get some recording to, to play with. And um, I pulled in Leslie, which she wasn't too happy about at the start, but I think she's, <laughs> I think she's starting to enjoy it and get to know the ladies a little bit better in the ward too by the interviews that she's done. But that's kind of where it came from is just a podcast that I had listened to and it kind of resonated with me. And I thought, yeah, our ward does need a podcast and, and, and hopefully it's kind of turning into what it should be, which is getting to know everyone better and, and making just histories for our posterity to put on family search. And I'm excited about both of those aspects. And I think it's rolled out pretty, pretty well so far. I mean, there's bumps in the road here and there, but it's, yeah. it's been fun. So, yeah. I find it a, a, a marvelous manifestation of the reality that by small and simple things, great things are brought to pass. And when simple people choose to do small, simple things, great things happen. But I think there are fewer of those simple people willing to do those special, unique things that, that turn into something so big and meaningful. So um, I know that our family has been blessed because of you and Leslie's efforts. And I, I feel that all of us are very, very grateful that you've chosen to do something not quite so simple. <laughs> it's been real time consuming. So anyhow, let's jump into it. Um, highlights of your childhood. Tell us all about yourself, please. For sure. Yeah. Um, I was actually, I was born in upstate New York, Rochester. Um, my mom and dad are both Utahns, grew up in Utah, and my dad graduated from BYU and 
with a business degree and decided I'm going to go and work for Kodak in upstate New York back when, when film was, was a big deal before the digital phase came through. So, um, so yeah, we he moved his family out there and, uh, just, it was just my older brother at that point, And I was born while we were out there and, um, spent a few years out there. I don't have a lot of memories from New York. Um, I, maybe one or two memories of being in the house, the little house that we had, and then the front yard in the fall time, we had a huge maple tree and it would just, the leaves would just fill the whole yard. And um, my dad would rake them all up and then he would take us kids and throw us in the piles. <laughs> so those are kind of some memories that I have of my younger years. Um, we moved back to Utah when I was about four years old and and I grew up there just north of Salt Lake in a I mean I guess it's a little city called Fruit Heights it's next to Kaysville just north of Lagoon mm -hmm. um, it's highly populated with members of the church there I could walk down the street and point at one house, two houses, maybe three houses, and say those those aren't members of the church. Everyone else is in the entire neighborhood. We had an entire stake in the span of one mile. Wow. So it was just lots of members, and the the neighborhood was great. Like we, there were kids running around all the time. We would play sports all the time in the streets, street hockey, Basketball in the cul-de-sacs, baseball in the cul-de-sacs, football in the street, you name it. We'd always have a big group of friends and from the neighborhood just playing sports and running around on bikes and doing crazy stuff. So that was kind of my upbringing um, there in Fruit Heights. So yeah, um, siblings, I mentioned my older brother, he's two years older than me. And then I have two younger sisters that were both born in Utah when we when we came back. Um, so if there's four of us kids all together, and um, yeah, hobbies. We just like I say, I was into sports. I, I I dabbled with the piano when I was younger, because um, that's what we were supposed to do. You had to you know be a little. <laughs> well-rounded a little bit cultured cultured I guess yes so I I played the piano a little bit um, and when I hit junior high my I wasn't practicing I would go to my lessons each week and my mom gave me the ultimatum if you're if you're not gonna practice you're you're done and if if you got other things then it's okay to be done and I decided that running was my thing at that point. I hit junior high and I was gonna be a runner because we had a, a 5K in our elementary school and I had run it, I think two years and then my sixth grade year was my last year and I ended up winning it that year. And so I decided, well, I guess running's for me. And my old, older brother had run a little bit so I was kind of, knew, I knew the running arena a little bit and so I thought oh my brother's good looks like I'm pretty good so let's go for it and so yeah so that's when running came into my life 
um, other hobbies, I, I did all, all the other sports. So um, I did a couple years of soccer when I was really young. And then I really hit it off with baseball. I, I was a little league pitcher for four years, went to the all-star game in our little recreational uh, area. And so I, I played a lot of baseball. And then when all my friends got a little bit older, they all went club. And my parents said, do you want to go club and play baseball? And I decided for some reason, I don't even remember why, that I didn't want to go club. I just wanted to keep having fun. I didn't want to make it into this big... Something real serious. Real serious. So, so I stayed in the recreation playing uh, just rec ball for another year, I think and then decided I was ready to move on to, to running at that point. So huh. those were kind of my, yeah. So uh, from there, you and Leslie, your education, how does all that fit together? So Leslie's actually from Montana. So I didn't meet her until I came home from my mission. Um, like I say, I grew up in Utah. There were members all over the place. I probably didn't even understand that the church culture, I didn't understand that there was anything outside of the church until I got to be a little older. I just thought this is the way people live and everyone's a member. Everyone goes to church. Everyone does this. And I, yeah. And that's just how it was in my, in my community. Like I say, there weren't very many, uh, non-members in my neighborhood. We all went to church on Sunday. We all hung out during the week and that's just how life was. Um, so yeah, I, I ran through high school, uh, cross country and track. I did um, the mile and the two mile for a little while. And then I decided that the two mile was a little too long, even though I was doing cross country. So that doesn't really make sense, but to me laps around the track or something. So I focused more on the half mile, the 800, my senior year. And then I actually picked up the javelin, which is kind of a, a hidden secret that I started throwing javelin my sophomore year by fluke and I ended up, uh, actually that was one of the only events that I individually qualified for the state meet in was the javelin. I never qualified in a running event. Really? So, so yeah. So the javelin was my thing and then distance running on the side. Obviously distance running is kind of taken over now because you can't really continue throwing javelin and on your own in competition, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so yeah, okay. um, I got my mission call before I graduated high school and this was before the age change. So I was very old for my grade. I tell people that I, I flunked out of preschool, so I had to repeat <laughs> preschool. I'm a summer birthday, so I kind of missed the cutoff, so I was either gonna be very old or very young in my grade, and my parents kind of kept me back um, so that I was more ready for school, and yeah. I, I guess it worked out in the end. I don't know if it was good either yeah. way, but right. um, so I was, I was, one of the oldest ones in my grade, and I had my mission call in April before I graduated high school. I remember my mission call came, and I had gone home for lunch from high school, and I saw it on the counter there, 
and I didn't open it because nobody was home. Went back to school and <laughs> finished finished the day at school, and then I had a track meet that day. And I went to the track meet and my parents were like busting to get home. And I was like, I got to run the mile. I got to run the four by four before we go home. So I don't know if I was stalling or what, because I was nervous about my call. But by the time we got home, everyone was like, just open it. Just get it open. So um, opened it and uh, I got to serve in Barcelona, Spain. So it was a wonderful experience. Um, freaked me out because I wasn't an academic going through school. I, I liked math and stuff. I, I was good at math, but I didn't love school ever. It was just something to, you know, I knew I had to do and I knew I needed to get good grades. So I went and did it, but I didn't really have a love for being in school. And so when I found out I had to learn a foreign language for real, I tried in, in junior high to learn Spanish, it didn't work. And so I thought, how am I gonna do this? I, I always thought, oh, maybe I'll go to Ireland or, or England or you know somewhere that's foreign, but it still speaks English. And that wasn't in the cards for me. You know, the Lord knew he had to push me a little bit harder. So, and I mean, push me. Learning a language was, was hard for me, right. so. Um, the mission was amazing and it was, it was really neat when I got my mission call, they were just calling new mission presidents at that time. And the mission president for my mission was going to change before I got to my mission. So I looked him up and he was about 20 miles away from me in Utah. And I went to his farewell before, before I left on my mission. So it was really cool. I got to see him, wow. walked up to him before, after he spoke and said, Hey, I'm going to be one of your missionaries in three months. And I still remember he, put his hand on the back of my neck, looked me right in the eyes probably looked right into my soul, told me how good of a missionary I was gonna be, how excited he was to have me. I'll probably never forget that, you know, this guy never even met me. And I'd just gone to see him and, um, and he's still a good friend today. So I was there for two years with him and he spent another year after I left and um, we've been in contact since we've been home, and every time, every time I see him, he puts that that hand right that behind your neck. neck. He did it to all of us missionaries. Every every zone conference, every time he'd come to our area to see us, that's it. That was his signature: the hand right behind the neck, and look you right in the eye, and and tell you what you needed to do, or tell you good job, or whatever. And um, he's a great man, obviously. So. Loved my mission. Uh, I finally did learn Spanish. It was rough, but I'm still not a great speaker, but I got through my mission and um, conversational Spanish and stuff. But yeah, I um, yeah, loved it. And then uh, I guess talking so, a lot more than I thought I would. Oh, so. you're doing fantastic. <laughs> so we're not going to worry about all the questions, but 
Uh, I'm just I'm just looking for the natural flow of came home from your mission and and when did you decide on your career path? Yeah, where yeah. did Leslie enter into it? Okay. And... So I yeah I got home from my mission in uh, <coughs> it was mid to late August and that's right about the time that universities start. So. I had been in contact on preparation day. We could email our parents. One quick email for a half an hour is, is what we got in the, uh, they called it the locutorio, which was where you go to go to the computers and do stuff online. Um, so I, I would go to the locutorio each week on, on preparation day and write a quick email to my parents. And, um, and I'd still write regular letters here and there too, but um, it was kind of fun to go into the internet was s sort of newish. Well, email was sort of newish back back then, um, so it was kind of fun to do that with the email thing. Um, and so I'd emailed them and I said, "I'm, you got to help me with school because I don't know what I'm doing after this. I didn't go to any college before; went straight on my mission." Um, and so they said, okay, we'll just apply to a bunch of schools for you and then you can make a decision. So they did. And I got into, I was accepted to a few different of the Utah schools. And so I, I thought, well, I'm going to BYU because my parents went to BYU. My brother was at BYU and I cheered for BYU growing up. I did that my whole life. And so uh, I said, go ahead, sign me up for some classes at BYU. And they said, all right, done. Um, well, easy, lo and behold, easy, yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's what you would think. And then uh, about two months before I came home from my mission, I woke up one morning and for some reason, I thought, I can't go to BYU. I had no idea why or what, where the feeling was coming from. And I thought, shoot, I need to get back to the locutorio so I can email my parents and get to a different school Tell them no deal. and so that's what I did the next preparation day I emailed them and I said I, I can't go to BYU I'm not sure why um, but sign me up for classes at Weber State and um, it was kind of hard for me because Weber State's right next to where I lived and so I it's kind of the joke in our high school that oh everyone's just going to go to Weber State because that's just the next you know that's where everyone goes and right so that's it was kind of the joke that it's just the high school extension basically and so I wasn't too excited but I thought well if this is where I'm supposed to be let's give it a try so they signed me up I came home from my mission and they said hey we signed you up for a class called career development because we know you're not into school and you need to figure out how to take care of a family in the future so you need to find a career that's going to do that for you. Thought, All right, I'll give it a try. I'm brand new, home from my mission, ready to go do whatever, you know. <laughs> Let's see what life's really all about after right, the mission. Right. So I went to career development, and I think it was, the f it was the first week. It was either the first or second day the, the professor um, was, was talking about her kids and what her kids did for professions. One of them was a park ranger, and I thought, well, well, that sounds great. You know, I can be outside, fishing, hiking, playing around outdoors all day long for a career. Great fit. All, I'm in. 
But then I thought, well, I don't know if I can make a living doing that or how good of a living would it be and where you got to live to be in whatever areas. And the other um, child was a nurse. I thought, okay, I, I, lo I love helping people. I've just come off of a two-year mission where all I do is help people through rough times and learn about Christ. And now I can get the other aspect of helping people when they're in physical um, ailments and things like that. So um, I dropped all my classes the next day. I dropped all of my college classes and I signed up for prerequisites for nursing school. And that was it. Whoa. So, <laughs> <laughs> so one, one week of, of college courses and I found my career. <laughs> wow. So I did all my prereqs. Um, and then I started applying to nursing schools and um, I got a job as a nursing assistant. Did that for a little while until I could get into nursing school, kind of start building a resume type deal and um, finally got into nursing school. I actually left Weber State. Oh, I guess I should tell the story of how I met my wife. That's kind of part so, of it, yeah. So just a couple months after I started school, um, just from running friends that I had run with in high school that were now on the, the college team at Weber State. I was hanging out with them and there was this beautiful girl on the on the cross country team and she had a twin and for some reason I was more attracted to one over the other, even though they're both very cute girls. And they're identical twins, right? They look identical, yes. So we don't know for sure that okay. results aren't in yet officially, but okay. <laughs> but I'm sure they're pre they're pretty identical, and and so that's we started hanging out just as the group of, of running friends and uh, just started a date from there and she went home for the for winter and we would email a little bit and then just kind of took off from there when she came back from Christmas break. Uh, we just dated and we got married the next fall. So, and then she had gone home for the summer again and I kind of had to chase her back up there and went up to Montana and visited. And, um, and then we got engaged when we started the next fall um, session of school. So it was all through the kind of the running connection is, is how we found each other. So. so how did we transition from marriage, nursing school, to having children, and then ultimately deciding on where you are now as a nurse anesthetist? Okay. Um, my career path was one step at a time. Like I say, I, I worked as a, a nurse assistant when I was first starting school um, to try to get a feel. And that probably would have chased many people away from the profession because as you start in the bottom of a profession, probably any profession is you start at the bottom, you kind of get the, the worst parts of the job. And that's kind of what a nurse assistant does is just kind of the grunt work of, of patient care yeah. and it's hard. And I don't know, I, I don't know if it was just feeling obligated to pursue 
getting up the ladder so that I could make a living for my family or if I knew that my eye was on the prize and okay, once I get to this section, it's gonna be a, m a more pleasurable career. Um, but I did, I, I mean, I didn't do horrible stuff as a nurse assistant. Um, I worked in a rehab facility with people that had gotten replacement hips and knees and stuff. And so I had to help them walk around and, and uh, do some of that stuff. So it wasn't as bad as like being in the ICU and having a patient that you have to do everything for that is in a medical induced coma. Um, but yeah, I got into nursing school and after I had done bedside nursing, for a, a couple years, I kind of decided, well, I, I can't do bedside for my whole life. It's just not for me. And um, started investigating, well, do I go to nurse practitioner or do I go to physician assistant school or what are the options out there? And at that time, I didn't even realize that anesthesia was a possibility for nurses. In Utah, they're not widely used. And so... When I, I, f I did a job shadow with one of my mom's high school friends in Wyoming. And as soon as I walked into that operating room, I thought, wow, this, this is where I've got to be. I've got to do this. Yeah. And I had really investigated going to physician assistant school. And I think I had actually like started doing looked into taking some classes at the University of Utah and then I did this job shadow and that was it. I was like, okay, it's anesthesia. Here we go. Um, and at that time I was working as a bedside nurse in the float pool at McKady hospital. So I was just going to all the different units all over the hospital and to go to anesthesia school, you have to be a critical care nurse for at least one year, if not more, depending on the, the competition of whoever's applying in any given year. And so I, I got a job in the ER from in the same hospital. I just decided just to transfer over to the ER. Um, I worked there for a little while um, and then found out that most anesthesia programs don't consider that critical care. You have to be an ICU nurse. And so I said, well, I, I loved the ER and I probably would still be an ER nurse if it weren't for anesthesia because I just loved it. I loved like the rush of patient comes in. It's all this commotion. You do a few things and then calm everything down. There you go. Fix the problem calms down. Yeah. You, f you figure out what's going on. And this whole team approach of the ER physician and nurse and aides that just come in and and uh, take care of take care of business basically. Yeah. Thought it was really cool, which is kind of how anesthesia works too. But not well, certain aspects, not in the operating room per se, but in trauma situations when they call anesthesia in to sedate and make sure the patient's breathing okay. Sometimes place a breathing tube and other lines and things like that. Um, it can be just as chaotic, but it can be just a nice, here, we're going to go off to sleep now and you're doing great and everything's looking great on the vital signs yeah. and just have a good nap and we'll see you when you wake up. So there's, there's kind of, you can get both sides of it. 
which is it's kind of fun. It kind of keeps the variety in it and um, keeps my interest too. So, so how long have you? When did you first become a nurse anesthetist? I graduated um, six years ago in 2016. So we we're down in. So I got into school at Loma Linda down in California. So we went from Weber State, where I finished my undergrad there. I got my critical care experience done at McKady, which is right across the street from Weber State. Yeah. Um, interviewed at two schools. I had interviewed at th- interviews at three, and and when I got into a West Coast school, we decided let let's stay on the West Coast, closer to family. We had two kids and one more on the way when when we were about to move, and we thought let's just stay as close as we can to family so that we've got a little bit of support and. Um, but it will be nice to kind of get off on our own as young married family here. Yeah. And so we went to California and and it was a great experience too to be down there. I was crazy busy with school and um, Leslie kind of just took care of the kids and um, did the, the young kid thing at home. Um, we lived right next to Orange Groves, and every spring the blossoms would just go crazy, and you just you leave your windows open, and all the orange blossom smell would just be in the whole city, and it was really? amazing. And then um, we were getting close to graduating. We knew we couldn't go back to Utah because the market was just really tough for anesthesia, and the nursing side of anesthesia. Um, we looked in, into Montana, and it was kind of similar. There were a couple of rural areas that you could go to, but if if we went to Montana, we wanted to be closer to family, um, and it wouldn't have been an option. So we said, "What well, what's in between those two? And we said, well, Leslie had been to Spokane a few times growing up. Um, in Montana, they would come over for track meets and cross-country meets, and she said, well, let's look at Spokane. It's, you know, close enough to get to family. Um... And, but it's a big enough city that there's still and there's a temple there so we looked at it and I, we saw Sacred Heart and put in an application and, and here we are so we love it here so we're glad you're here <laughs> really glad you're here so you, you've mentioned by starting school you already had three children um, tell us a little bit about your experience as a parent with your daughters um being a parent is incredible so it's probably the the one thing that gets me emotional more than anything else is just having having the opportunity to to have kids in the house and um, understand that that God has given you this responsibility to take care of kids and make sure they're okay in this in this crazy world. Um, and girls, that's probably the reason I cry the most is because they're all girls. <laughs> boys, I'd probably... That could go both ways. Slap them around a little bit more, I don't know. People ask me if I'm going to try for a boy, and I, told, I always tell them I, I've already tried. <laughs> try, that's why I have four girls is I keep trying for a boy you know the first one we can go either way and then we want the opposite on the next one and it never happened you know 
So the second, third, and fourth, we tried for a boy and we got girls, and that's what we're supposed to have. So they're beautiful, all four of them. So yeah, we love them. Your lucky parents. So Cameron, share with us. Um, we've gotten a lot of the details from your younger life and, and then transitioning into adulthood. When you think about turning points in your life that have really made a lasting difference, which one, two, or three of those do you feel have made the most impact? Um, I think um, running is, is a big one for me. I know it sounds kind of funny to say that running is a turning point in my life, but I mean, it, it's taught me so many things. It's taught me how to be a team player. It's taught me how to have self-discipline because you got to be in shape yourself to help the team. Um, teamwork. It's taught me how to get on a schedule. You've got to get up and you've got to put in the workouts. Um, and it's, it led me to my wife. So, I mean, what can you say more? Um, so, so running's running's been huge for me in my life as far as uh, helping me become a disciplined man that goes after goals, and not just running goals, but any goals in life. It's taught me how to make the goal and go after it, whether it's nursing, whether it's athletically, or whether it's in the home making goals and making sure that we really get through the steps to accomplish those goals as a family with Come Follow Me or with our testimonies um, or anything else in life. So running's huge for me. Uh, mission was a huge turning point for me because I, I was a very shy boy growing up. Even through high school, I was pretty shy. Um, I still feel like I'm an introvert, but the mission helped me open up, helped me realize that I'm not in control of everything, but the things that I can control, control those and stop worrying so much about the things that you can't control and just see where life takes you. Just do the things that you can and see where life takes you. And as long as you're looking to God and letting him take over for those things that you can't control, then you'll always end up on a good road. So I believe that. And then getting married, choosing my wife. That's that's probably the third big turning point. Um, I remember telling my mom that she she had something planned. I can't even remember the details, but she was like, so what, a, what are you gonna be doing next semester? And I was like, well, I think I might be getting married. And, and I, her face when I said that was like total shock. Like, what? Are you serious? I'm like, yeah, well, was, I've been telling you about this twin that I found. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, it's led us to good places and we, we make a good team as we stick together. We, we both have our um, eyes on Christ. And when you do that, then, um, you make good decisions and you get prompted to make good decisions is what it comes down to when you're when you're open to listening to the spirit then then god can say let's let's send some inspiration there because they'll listen 
So that's what I kind of strive to do is be that person that God can send a message to because I'll act on it. Yeah. Can you share with us, um, are there certain times in your life, certain experiences, circumstances, when knowing about Jesus Christ has transitioned into you've come to know him personally? Instead of just having a testimony of or about the Savior, you, you come to know Him yourself. Yeah, I think it's. I really like Alma thirty-two talking about the the seed that you, you the seed of hope that you plant it, and you have to nurture it. And if you do, see what it grows up to be. And that's how I feel with with. Um, the commandments of God and like God tells us what to do and says if you want to do it good if you don't want to do it that's okay too you've got your agency but give it a try you know and and I feel like I mean I'm not perfect about it obviously but the things that I have taken from my many years of just going to church and and hearing different concepts and different commandments and saying, okay, I'm gonna try this one out. And I think it's gonna be good in my family. I think it's gonna work out. And then looking back and saying, okay, it did, did do good. I am happier. My kids do know the truth. My kids are happy and they're moving forward with their testimonies. Um, and that's just how it is. There's little seeds here and there. And if you nurture those seeds and they come from God, then they're going to turn into beautiful things. So. So in conclusion, then, how do you define being a follower of Jesus Christ? I love this question. And. Obviously, I love it because I put it on the sheet. <laughs> um, I, I really like it. And I really like it because over my life, you, you have these points where you say, you can see the, the church is messy here and there with the restoration, but Christ is perfect. So how can these co coexist together? Um, and the more you follow Christ, the more you realize it doesn't matter how messy the church can be or was or how the restoration's going because Christ has a plan and Christ is right. So I truly believe that um, most most things come back to the first two commandments, the great commandments, love God, love your neighbor. If you love God and you put him first, that's going to lead you to, to loving your fellow man, to serving them and to growing there. And that's what I really believe that being a true follower of Christ is, is just really honing in on those great two commandments. Um, and living those and everything else in your life kind of falls into place when you do that. I remember recently seeing a, a picture of, of the symbolism of the cross and the, 
the part of the cross going upward is up to God, the first commandment, love God. And the cross that Christ's arms are across is, is uh, your, your fellow man. And I thought, wow, that's, that's a symbolism of the cross I've never heard of love God, love your yeah. neighbor. And, and I, I just love that. Those the great two commandments really lead, can lead our lives and they're so simple. So that is wonderful. We love you, Cameron. You are a, an amazing human being. You, you have a marvelous light in your eyes and your countenance. Our family has been very blessed to be in your home. To, uh, I should, probably shouldn't share the secret of uh, the homemade pizza, but uh, <laughs> uh, we are just delighted that we've been able to become a part of your life. So thank you so much for uh, being the, the motivation behind the entire podcast project and even more importantly for being who you are, marrying Leslie, having your four beautiful daughters, um, just a marvelous example doing so much for the young men of our ward and for families like ours. So thank you very, very much. Yeah, it's a pleasure. We love it here.